Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Monday edition of the Eagle Hour and postseason week as we're going to be at the Conference USA Baseball Tournament Wednesday and Thursday, broadcasting this very show live from MGM Park. We're looking very forward to that. Opening segment of today's show sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of USM Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their great meats that they smoke in-house every day, ribs, brisket, chicken, turkey. They've got it all at the, at Dickey's. Free soft-serve ice cream, of course, when you dine in-house. And remember, Dickey's will cater any occasion, large or small. You can sit back, relax, and let Dickey's do the cooking. All right, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald going to make a rare Monday appearance with her with us a little later in the program to talk about the upcoming Conference USA Tournament. We're going to open the show today by talking Southern Miss baseball with pitching coach Christian Ostrander. And, uh, Coach, uh, we're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Well, Coach, you've just finished your second regular season. Uh, some guys and I were up there uh, talking this weekend about uh, about what a challenge we sort of felt like this year had been for you and all the curveballs, no pun intended, that have been thrown at you with injuries and what have you. Uh, how difficult or, quote, how enjoyable has this year been, Coach? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's part of it. A college baseball season, you're going to have some, you know, ups, downs, uh, bumps, bruises, whatever you want to call it, injuries, and so forth. Uh, you know, you just it's hard to tell that you know it's never starts, never ends the way you started, and things like that. But um, that's you know that's no excuse for anything. And uh, uh, enjoyable, always enjoyable, man. Just getting to go out there and with these guys, and uh, it's a, it's a long season, it's a journey, and uh, you know, you just gotta. Take it one day at a time. Right. Well, Coach, uh, is it fair to say that the, that you found yourself about midway through the season? You just you really were in, the, in an awkward situation of not having but one real week to week dependable weekend starter. Whereas last year, clearly, you had three. So when that kind of situation arises, what as a pitching coach uh, do you have to do to react to it? Well, you got to stay positive, and you know you got to uh, you know keep these guys you know um, focused the best you can, and uh, and get them to realize that uh, we need some dudes to step up and, and maybe do something that uh, that maybe they haven't been asked to do yet in certain roles and, and so forth. And, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm really proud of them. I thought they did. I mean, it, was it perfect? No, uh, it's not. I mean, if it was, we wouldn't have lost another game. But, uh, you know, it's, I really felt like we did have moments where some guys responded and did this or did that. And, uh, and then to stabilize some things, I guess, until you get a Stevie back or, or, or whatever, you know. And, and so it's, it's not easy. And uh, you've got to be able to adapt and uh, make the most with what you have at that time. Coach Matt Walner became the home run king uh, for Southern Miss baseball 
uh, Saturday afternoon. At the start of the year, I think a lot of people anticipated seeing Matt on the mound some. What the, what happened that uh, that resulted in Matt not pitching this year? Well, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, I like their win the most. really excited about seeing him on the mound this year, too. But, uh, no, uh, you know, the leading up into our season, you know, you do your uh, weekend sims, your simulation games, scrimmages, whatever you want to call it. Uh, trying to get things intact, you know, for to start the opening weekend. So it was actually the weekend before Purdue. Um, you know, he's been throwing on Sunday. That's what we've been doing with him and working his pitch count up a little bit, creeping it up each week. And we've been throwing the ball lights out, man. I mean, everything was just, you know, powerful. Uh, velocity, uh, stuff, spin, whatever. Everything was really, really good. And and uh, anyway, that last one, I think he was around pitch 31 or something like that, so it wasn't a you know, high amount by any means. He, he felt the strain in that forearm. Um, and actually being cautious, he said, all right, we're sure going to get him out of there. And, and that was kind of it, man. And uh, it just it took a while for him to get that thing feeling better. And I think he's at a point now. He, he feels good. And, um, you know, as much as I'd love for him to have been out there uh, up and up, up to this point, he hasn't, and you know, uh, sometimes I guess you know you just you wish things worked out differently, but uh, but they didn't. So, uh, but you know, Matt's arm feels good, feels strong, feels healthy now, and that's the most important thing. And I'm glad for him. All right, Luke, Coach Oz, thanks for being on today. A guy that has been out there for you all year long, Walker Powell, three complete games, another one Friday night or Thursday night. Coach, just talk about what the difference has been. This is the second year back from that Tommy John. Just how Walker's game has so stepped up this year. Um, well, you know, it's, it's kind of remarkable. He's, he, last year, I think he was an 85 inning guy. Um, you know, and this year he's an 83 right now, so obviously it's going to be more than that. Um, you know, he needs to be a hundred inning guy right now. You know, he had a few little, you know, a start or two out there that uh, he didn't get as deep as we wanted or could have or whatever. But that happens when you're going to start, you know, 14, 15 games a year. You're not going to be perfect on every one. But he's been dang close to it. Um, you know, he's uh, he's been a workhorse, and we needed that, a stabilizer. He's got good stuff. I think, you know, the difference in him this year compared to last year is kind of what we thought and uh, the natural progression after – you know, his second Tommy John, last year was his first year back after his Tommy John number two, and his velocity never quite was what it was pre-surgery. Uh, I think this year we're starting to see it get back to that or maybe even a little bit more. It's, it's his, especially his last four or five weeks, it's uh, it's been coming out of his hand a little bit better. And uh, I think that helps. The action he has on his pitches plus added velocity makes him even more difficult to hit and, and so forth. And, and you know what? He's a psycho, man. He's, he just fills his own up and says, I beat me, you know, and uh, makes the better do all the work. You can answer this question for me, Coach. There may not be anything to it. I've just kind of heard through urban legend pitching, when a pitcher is taller and the release point is uh, closer to the plate, we just you know his wingspan. How, how, is there any pickup in velocity at all, like in the in the in the hitter's mindset? Well, it's 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 more deception. Um, you know, I don't think you know just because you're taller and stuff, it's going to be more velocity per se, but. Uh, I think the extension, I guess, is what when the release point. That's an analytical term that's out there. It's becoming very prevalent, popular in our in our uh, in our job is uh, extension and uh, what's a guy's extension rate, and that tells you how far you know how far out in front he's getting that that release. And 
what it does. It makes 90 look like 93, you know, and, and yeah. to that hitter and so forth because he's actually releasing it further closer to him than a guy with less extension, uh, you know, and so forth. So it gives an, an, an effective velocity type deal. It, uh, it, you know, guys' velocity might play a little harder than the numbers read, and it might look that way based on some swings and so forth. So definitely I think that could have a factor in there as well. Right. Right. Go, going into the tournament, Coach, we were a little, you know, concerned when you look at uh, Walker and then you got Stevie. But Gabe Shepard's, uh, you know, work against Troy last week, kind of, you know, can we count on him if we get deep into this tournament? You know, he, he may be a game three starter for us. I don't think there's any doubt of that. You know, we've been very cautious with Gabe. Um, you know, Gabe, just, I guess, you know, not even a month ago, reached the year mark with his surgery. And so, you know, leading up into it, you know, maybe I've been too cautious with him. I don't know. But I'm going to err off the side of that because that young man's got a future. And, uh, you know, and, and I think we've kind of got him where he needs to. He feels great. His recovery's been tremendously better. Um, you know, and he feels strong and he's bouncing back. So, you know, kind of taking the reins off a little bit and letting him hunt some. And uh, so maybe it's a great time for that to be happening. So, uh, but definitely, you know, counting on seeing him here pretty soon. Coach Oz, you're the man that moved Nick Sandlin from uh, closer to starter and cemented the legend forever. Uh, <laughs> have you ever tried to uh, maybe channel Nick Sandlin in the ballpark on a Friday night this year? Golly, you know I have. I just don't let anybody know I do that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to do it somewhere nobody's watching. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. Uh, you know, that was fun to watch. I still think about it, man. I know you guys feel the same way. Yeah, there's no question. Hey, did you ever coach a better pitcher than that, Coach? No, you know, I, no, I, I did. I'd be lying to you. I mean, I've coached some good ones and, uh, you know, some really good ones. And, and, and just that dude, man, that last year, just pulling everything together from stuff to pitchability, man, it was it was pretty darn impressive. And, uh, and you know, and, and now, you know, where he's at and where he's going and stuff, it's, you know, he's, He's special. That's all you can say. Hey, Coach, if you'll hang on, we've got a real short break. Had a couple more questions we wanted to uh, to get at you while we have you on the show. Is that good? Yeah, that's that's fine. No problem. All right, we're talking to pitching coach Christian Ostrander from the Southern Miss Golden Eagle baseball team. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with him on the other side of the break. Also going to review how things ended up in Conference USA, give you all the weekend scores. Patrick McGee comes on in just a bit as uh, we continue to count down to, to the Conference USA postseason tournament. But more with Coach Oz right after this on the Eagle Hour. To the top. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to USM pitching coach Christian Ostrander. Glad to have him on the show today. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and our friends at campusbookmart.net. 
They've got the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere in the country. And uh, you can shop right there on Hardy Street, or you can go online at campusbookmark.net. They'll deliver it to your house. And, of course, they're buying and selling textbooks and all that kind of good stuff right now as well. Be sure you tell them uh, that we said hello at campusbookmark.net. Patrick McGee will be joining us here in just a few minutes, but we want to continue our conversation with Coach Oz. All right, Coach, I want to ask you a a question a little away from the the game of baseball, per se, but you mentioned uh, the young man that's coming back from Tommy John surgery, and I know Walker Powell had it, and uh, a friend of mine, Kelly Sander, his son had it. And it just seems like so many young men in college baseball now have that surgery. Do we hear so much about that now, Coach, because perhaps it's a medical procedure that 15 years ago just wasn't available? Or are we seeing more injuries related to pitching? Oh, I, I think it's, I think you're just seeing more injuries. Um, I think it's a usage thing. I think it's, you know, it starts early, all these, you know, travel ball and these kids playing so much so early. Uh, you know, I mean, it takes its toll. And then it ca- gathers up to you when you start getting to maturity and physical age in high school and to college when you're able to throw it harder and all that stuff, all those, that wear and tear and all those years leading up to that, when you get the strength, it's, you know, something's got to give. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I think. You know, I'm a, I couldn't tell you if I'm right or wrong or if it's a slack or what's going on. I don't know, but uh, I just I just feel like uh, – there's a lot of folks throwing a lot of baseball year-round. Mm-hmm. Coach, I've talked to a lot of college baseball coaches in the last couple of years, and I don't believe I've ever talked to one that seemed to like all of this travel ball that's being played. Where do you fall in that category? Oh, man, I'm right there with it. Um, I, it's, it's, you know, I think you need a grade. I think, you know, I grew up in a time where you played football during football season, you played soccer even, or bad, whatever. When it was baseball season, we played baseball. And uh, now, don't get me wrong, I loved it. I might, probably would have took up the opportunity if I had the chance. I just love to play. But it's just, it's just too much. And, um, you know, I think it, it causes these guys to uh, through too much. And you see guys get burnt out, uh, things of that nature. Um, and the other thing is it, it creates a false sense of real, too, sometimes. And all these little travel ball team you can't be used to being told that they're this good or yeah you play on this team but I you know we won this championship on this team which okay well I mean that's great you know but uh, it's type deals where you go play the money you're going to play and you might be told how good you are and it can uh, give you a false sense of a reality sometimes mm-hmm. so you know, that's another fight with it sometimes well, fair to say too or is it not that as good intentioned as I'm sure all of the the men and women are that dedicate their time to coaching that ball. They're not a, they're not an experienced college coach like you and uh, the other the other man that holds your positions throughout uh, these Division One conferences. So perhaps they're not quite as aware of, of when to rest kids and how to handle kids as, as a coach of uh, of your your pedigree. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's usually more likely with these gentlemen are folks that do this is probably their, you know, uh, something they do on the side. And that's great. I think it's awesome. I mean, I think it's great to, to, to be involved and do those things and, and, you know, work with kids and get back and stuff like that. But but you're right. You know, so there's some great organizations out there now. Let me tell you, they're our lifeblood, too. <laughs> you know, we got to, you know, we got to work those relationships. And there's some folks who do a tremendous, tremendous job with not only, uh, you know, um, 
getting kids exposure and stuff, and even you know helping them out becoming better players and coaching. Most of them are more in the exposure line than it is coaching. Uh, you know, than the, the fundamental thing. There's some folks out there that. Uh, does great job that you know is more about the fundamental and, and, and development side than going off the tournament after tournament. So you know they're all different and so forth as well. But uh, yeah, it is something that you know uh, you're wondering. Hopefully, you're making sure that they're getting the right kind of coaching and, and direction that they need, and from a fundamental side for sure. No, no sign though that, that that's going to taper down, is there, Coach? I don't think so. I don't think so because all I've seen is it just grows grows by the, you know, every year. I mean, the events that we go to, that uh, myself and Coach Ty go to to, you know, watch these tournaments and stuff. I mean, we, we feed it, you know, we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have to. And, uh, and and you do get to see a lot of players, but, man, it's just it's enormous and what it's grown to. And um, the venues that they are building strictly for this stuff, too, is, is crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of... A lot of money, you know, in there and that too. So, but mm-hmm. we're going to be there as long as they're playing. We're going to be there. Would you be surprised if our partner Kelly Sander told us that he was at a nine-year-old uh, travel ball tournament earlier this year, and there were parents sitting around the uh, the baseball field with uh, boom boxes, and they were playing the walk-up music for their nine-year-olds when they came up to bat. Mm, all right, let's, let's, let's nine years. Let's fast forward nine years. What are those kids going to expect when they get to college? They're going to expect the same thing and even more. And it's uh, I don't know, man. When I play, we didn't even in college. We didn't have walkout music, so I don't know, man. It's uh, you know what? It doesn't surprise me. It's uh, it's that's crazy right there. Right, Coach Robichaud, who I'm sure you know from Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, on the show uh, last year, and told us that he had a he had a new kid on the had come out tried out for the team, and said he coach I need to ask you a question, and the coach said, well, what is it? He says, well, when am I going to get to pick up my walk up song? And mm. Coach Robichaud said, son, you don't have to worry about walking up anywhere, so you don't need a song. <laughs> yeah, you can walk on out the door there. No <laughs> All right, Luke, you got something else for Coach Oz? Yeah, a couple more questions, Coach. Just came across the wire. Jake Mangum uh, wins uh, the Ferris Trophy. I don't want to talk about him. I want to talk about uh, our representative up there, Matt Walner. Bob, asked mm-hmm. you about where Nick Sandlin ranks up there. Where does Matt Walner rank up there uh, with, with power hitters uh, in your coaching career? Oh, gosh. I mean, the top, that dude's he's got, he's got the real power, man. There's no doubt. I mean, it's you don't do what he's done in three years if it's just – lucky or this that or whatever there's something real there and uh, the power that he has is, is phenomenal and and uh you know i know we all expect perfection out of him or any of them man but he's done it he's been consistent and uh you know hats off to him and uh you know he's gonna he's gonna be fun to watch you know many years on down the road too all right, Coach, down to business. Uh, disappointing uh, finish uh, to this weekend and just really the last mm-hmm. three weeks. Number two seed. Got to go back out and face Rice. What is uh, you and, and Coach Kaye, Coach uh, Volmuth, and Coach Barry's approach? What's been the messaging to the team entering the conference tournament? Well, I mean, you got this is the second season. You, you know, as, as frustrating as the last three weeks have been, three series, you're right. I mean, we, we, what's so frustrating is, you know, you're two seed, and but we know how close we were of taking care of our own business, and uh, and we didn't get it done, and that's disappointing. You know the standards here and the expectations are such, and our goals to win the league outright, and we didn't do it. But uh, that doesn't mean our season's over, and uh, you just got to keep these guys, you know, focused and grounded with the fact, and hopefully a little bit of a chip on your shoulder and a 
a little maybe mentality shift of let's go out there and let's do what we know we can do and, and stuff. And if we go play good baseball, we win that thing. There's no doubt about it. And uh, But we're going to have to, you know, go out there with the, you know, maybe a different mindset than we've had in these last couple of weeks and, uh, and go out there a little more competitive competitive mindset and, and get after it. So we're 0-0 zero zero second season. Everybody is. Everybody has the back screen there. Everybody's undefeated. So, you know, it's our job to go out there and play the game the right way. And, uh, and we get to do that against Rice at 1230 on Wednesday and looking forward to it. All right, Coach. Uh, great conversation, sir. We thank you for everything you're doing for the baseball program, and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Okay. Well, I appreciate you all. Thank you very much. All right, Coach Christian Ostrander, everybody. Pitching coach uh, at Southern Miss, and by every account, Luke, a man that's done a phenomenal job since he came here, and uh, I think uh, this year may, may be the best job yet. Uh, all the balancing act that he's had to deal with throughout the season. Yeah, you look at the pitching statistics. I'm just a, a stats guru. Walker Powell's thrown 83 innings. The closest person to him is Cody Carroll with 55. Powers has 51. You know, Walker Powell's thrown about 18% of all the innings this year. And and what that means is you he was dealing, uh, Coach O was dealing with like, you know, half a deck of cards. I mean, you, it, when, you, when you think about what teams should have going into a season and then you lose Walner, right? Literally, as Coach said, literally the week before the opening series. Mm-hmm. Powers has been uh, nicked up some, and, you know, they transitioned J.C. Keysmore to a closer, so, that, you know, you, because you think you have your rotation set. And so, you know, guys like Tweedy, um, guys like Alex Nelms, um, Ryan Ock, you know, looks like he may, he may be unavailable, but, you know, there's been a lot of guys to step up. This has just been a, a crazy year weather-wise. It's been a crazy year injury-wise. So you're still the number two uh, seed in the conference championship. You may call it a collapse. You may call it a choke, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're still the number two seed going into the tournament. All right, Marshall and Louisiana Tech at 9 o'clock Wednesday morning. Rice and Southern Miss at 1230. Texas San Antonio and Florida Atlantic at 4. Old Dominion, Western Kentucky at 730. Marshall beat Rice three straight games this weekend. San Antonio won two out of three against Charlotte. Old Dominion two out of three against Western Kentucky. Florida Atlantic swept Middle Tennessee. Louisiana Tech beat Florida International two games uh, to one. And, of course, UAB won the series against the Golden Eagles. When we come back, Patrick McGee on what does all of this mean for the Golden Eagles postseason hopes next on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday, Eagle Hour brought to us every day, third segment by 
4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Check them out on Facebook or just go by and get that famous $8.95 Blue Plate Special Lunch with a drink. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour, Bob Luke and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, making his appearance earlier in the week because we will actually be down in his land, his neck of the woods, later in the week. Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick, how's your Monday going? Uh, it's just another Monday. How about y'all? <laughs> there you go, Patrick. That's right. Well, I uh, <laughs> I was trying to uh, – it's not another Monday. I, I got on the air, and I'm trying to say this as nice as possible. I thought I was choking on something after watching baseball this weekend. And, <laughs> and man, I mean, I, I want to be – you know, these are college kids and stuff, but the Eagles, it's just been really tough to watch. Patrick, especially um, this weekend, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Maybe the most disappointed uh, two seed uh, in in a long time. Just kind of put it as only you can. You're extremely honest and blunt. Just just put in perspective to our listeners what this last series weekend means for the Golden Eagles. Uh, well, I mean, it just means they're in a tough spot in conference tournament at large. Uh, bid is, you know, I would say they're on the wrong side of the bubble at the moment. Uh, it, it's going to, you know, maybe take a little bit closer look at that as the week goes on, see how some other teams kind of play in their conference tournaments, how they play down the stretch. Uh, but for Southern Miss to lose their last three conference series uh, coming in, and, and, and the last one comes against the last place UAB squad, um, it's just things are, you know, the committee wants to see you playing uh, decent baseball there in the end, and Southern Miss's RPI is now at number 56. Uh, that very much, you know, that maybe puts them in the discussion a little bit, but they're still, uh, compared to some other teams, they're just in a tight spot. So, uh, Southern Miss is going to have to play really well this week uh, to assure itself, a, uh, you know, a spot in the postseason that needs to win the tournament. Uh, to maybe keep themselves right. in the discussion, I think they need to go all the way to the title game. So, uh, it's one of those, you know, you can look back to 2009 where Southern Miss uh, squeaked this way in the postseason, and we all want to know what happened after that, but. Uh, you know, things can break their way. We'll, we'll wait and see, but uh, Southern Miss cannot at all afford a short uh, stay in the conference tournament just to give itself, uh, you know, they ha- they have to win three or four ball games. I don't think there's any question. Right. Well, uh, you know, Coach Barry the other day after uh, Saturday's game, he said, we don't deserve an at-large bid. I mean, your head coach right. is saying that. So you're, right. you're saying really the only scenario that you get an at-large bid is if uh, the right teams get in, the, the, the predicted teams get in, and the, but the Eagles have to make the title game. Right, yeah, that's the way you have to approach it. I mean, that to me, that's the only avenue to at-large. Uh, you know, they, they have to play well this week because – uh, this team has just had a hard time, but the team has had a hard time answering the bell uh, when the pressure is on this year. So, uh, an absolute, you know, if you want to get in the postseason, Southern Miss has to win this tournament. Uh, if you don't, you put yourself in a precarious position. You just don't know if you're going to get in or not. And, Patrick, what happens if someone other than Florida Atlantic or Southern Miss wins the tournament? Oh, uh,. Well, I mean, that would put Southern Miss on the outs because FAU, I think, is, is definitely in. Uh, so, yeah, Southern Miss is not in. Uh, it, you know, Southern Miss would need to be in a position where they're playing uh, FAU in the title game. And uh, I, I, I just don't see think they would take three teams out of Conference USA uh, just out of what we've seen in recent years. I think there's definitely potential of two teams if Southern Miss plays well and somehow maybe – I, I just don't see Louisiana Tech getting it considering they lost to Southern Miss three times. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think La Tech could maybe, if they get to the title game, they may be able to get to the bubble talk and stuff like that. But uh, if Southern Miss doesn't win it, Southern Miss, uh, the Eagles really need FAU to be the team that wins the conference. Uh, this is obvious to every baseball fan, but I've never seen – a Southern Miss team so plagued with defensive errors as this team all weekend long. It was just one defensive error after another that absolutely killed the baseball team. Do you recall seeing a Southern Miss team play this sloppy defensively? No, and when you, you know, I was kind of going through the stats a little bit ago as I'm working on a conference tournament notebook, and in Southern Miss, is, you know, they lead the conference in ERA. Uh, they're right there, you know, behind FAU and batting average and a lot of other stats. I mean, statistically, pitching-wise and hitting-wise, this t- should be a team that's in the postseason. Uh, but when you don't do the little things right, just like fielding, you know, defense and, and a lot of other aspects to it and just, you know, answering in clutch situations, this is what you get. Uh, so defense has really cost Southern Miss this season and just the inability to just stay consistent and really respond in, in tough situations and games they really need to win. So, uh, it, it you know, uh, it's kind of hard to believe in Southern Miss winning the conference tournament this week whenever you've seen the, the way they've played the last three right. weeks. But uh, this team is perfectly capable of answering. Uh, they just really haven't done it up to this point. So I ask you to come on an extra segment this week to just lay it out there on the table uh, for Southern Miss fans about their ability to uh, – to get in the postseason. And so I'm gonna, I, I want to repeat what you've said. You think they have to, A, win the tournament, to be, obviously to be assured, but even mm-hmm. getting to the championship game in light of their season-ending performance is still going to be a question mark, right? Right. I, I would think in that event maybe they're on the right side of the bubble, but uh, you're leaving a lot of you know uh, space for the, the committee to leave you out considering the way you played in the final weeks of the season. Uh, so yeah, I mean you, uh, it, they're in a tough position. I think getting in the title game, they're in that definitely, definitely the bubble talk. But anything short of getting to the title game, I think Southern Miss may be on the wrong side of the bubble. Other than errors, what happened, Patrick? Uh, you know, I was talking uh, uh, to some other guys, you know, asking questions, and I, you know, the way I kind of look at it is this team just doesn't have many of those new guys, uh, people that you know. Uh, that just kind of go out there and do their jobs and, and, and really just play clean baseball. It just, there's not anybody that just really fits in in that lineup perfectly. Uh, it's you know every everybody on the teams had their lulls. You know Matt Walner's had a great season, but he, even he had a rough start to it. It's just one of those teams you have you haven't had a Dylan Burdo, uh, you know, or somebody along those lines, a Luke mm-hmm. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. They just haven't had that. You know, guys that are really really kind of stepped up and led the way last Nick Sandlin you know I mean they've had guys like that and there just really isn't that I mean uh, you know people who follow baseball know what a glue guy is and you just don't really have anybody like that on the team right but there's still hope correct hope springs sure. eternal yeah there's hope you know <laughs> just, you know if you're a yeah, but... fan right now you're just really frustrated <laughs> You're, and, and, Patrick, you're extremely frustrating. It's almost demoralizing that you have to face Rice in the first round. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is right. You know, Rice Rice always plays well in the conference tournament. They always find a way. Do you, do you, uh, you think they'll throw Cantorino or Kravitz game one? Kravitz dominated us. Cantorino's, you know, one of the best pitchers in the conference, and we hit him. I mean, any idea right. who they might throw? No, I don't know yet. I, I, you know, it's one of those. From what I understand, Rice was really careful with his pitching staff and didn't really even throw the, some of their best arms 
this past weekend. I think once everything was kind of solidified, they just wanted the rest guys. Right. So it's it's kind of a you know we really don't know who they will go with, but you wouldn't blame them with going with a hot guy that that shut down Southern Miss recently. But you know if you look at it from the standpoint that Southern Miss has already seen all these guys already, uh, maybe just kind of go with the guy that's got you there. So uh, if if right. that's the case, they would go with Cantorino. All right, one, one more question for me about uh, can, can you just comment on on Walner breaking the record? I mean that was extraordinary with, with everything tough that happened this weekend. Matt Walner rose to the occasion. Yeah, and Matt has hit the ball really pretty well here late in the year, and it seems like whenever the weather always warms up, he he, he really kind of gets it going at the plate. And uh, Walner has kind of lived up to his billing this year. He's had a good year. Uh, you know, maybe like his batting average just to be a little a little bit better, but three fifteen always is uh, pretty decent. It's he's to me he's you know it's there's a strong case to be made that he's the best hitter in Southern Miss baseball history. Uh, you know, considering he you know everything he's done to play hit for an average, knock him run, uh, played well in the field, and to to lead you know in three years to set the home run record uh, that tells you just how talented he is. Ever since his freshman year, he's been an impact guy the guy that you kind of build around. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Matt Walner is definitely up there as one of the best baseball players in Southern Miss history. And safe to say, Patrick, that if you're a Southern Miss fan and you want to see him play in person, this will be your last shot this week. Yeah, I, I would think so. His stock has lost some this year. Uh, you know, There was some talk about him even being a first-rounder. I don't think that's really a – a possibility at this point, but I could see him being somewhere a third or fourth rounder, maybe even a second rounder. So, yeah, I mean, when you go that high, you, you, you go ahead and you take that chance because you never know if you're going to come back and get injured as a senior. So I would expect uh, Walner to go after this year. All right, Pat, thanks for coming in a little extra this week, and we're going to look forward to visiting with you Thursday down at the ballpark. Okay, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, making a <coughs> excuse me, an extra appearance for us this week to uh, kind of tell us what we all kind of knew, right, Luke? Uh, any any chances of postseason play outside of the tournament championship pretty much dissipated this weekend with the series loss to UAB. Back to the wall. You have to play every game now as if it is your last because it is your last if, if you don't win. All right, we'll wrap things up right after this. segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center. You can find them at 15489 Highway 49 in Gulfport or online, gulfporthomecenter.ms. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center. Check them out online. You can uh, look at their inventory of homes, pre-qualify, trade-in, or uh, just find out everything that they have. 
Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Uh, John Warren getting ready for those East Region NCAA championships. He's been named Male Field Performer of the Week for the CSA Championship for uh, the second uh, consecutive Male Field Performer of the Meat title in Conference USA. Uh, was announced this past weekend. John Warren, a senior, earned a gold and silver medal in the 2019 CUSA Outdoor Championships. Won uh, the gold and triple jump won uh, the silver in the long jump. So Warren has qualified along with several other Golden Eagle track and field athletes to the NCAA East Regional Preliminary Meet, and that will be getting ready this coming weekend. Congratulations to uh, John Warren. Also, uh, we mentioned it just a little earlier, but the 2019 C Spire Ferris Trophy has been handed out, and Jake Mangum of Mississippi State uh, wins that. It's actually Mangum's second uh, title with the, the second recipient of uh, the, the Ferris Trophy. He won it as a freshman back in 2016. Matt Walner representing the Golden Eagles, but you know, Bob, when you look at what Mangum has done this year, he batted three 375, 65 runs, on base percentage of 427, became the SEC all leading uh, all time hits uh, guy and, and stole 21 bases. So, you know, really no complaints from, from me at all. Mangum, Mangum really deserving of the Ferris Trophy this year. Right. Now, talking about great players, uh, I was looking at the Conference USA regular season stats uh, this, after, this morning. There's a kid that plays for Western Kentucky, Luke, by the name of Jake Stanford. <clears throat> when the regular season ended, he led the conference in batting average with 402, slugging percentage at 828, hits with 84, RBIs with 65, and home runs with 22. So I would say that Jake Stanford may be the offensive player of the year in Conference USA. Safe bet? Yeah, probably so. He's got a far better average than Walner. Walner's actually, you know, three home runs behind him. Sanford will probably be your your player of the year. Now they, you know, they got a they got a player of the year. Uh, they got a a hitter of the year. You know, they and they got a pitcher of the year. So Sanford, eighty four hits man in conference, four hundred two average regular season, really good. Western Kentucky, uh, you know, going in this weekend, they get to play Old Dominion, who's probably the hottest team in the league. Sanford will need to. Have a lot more hits in Biloxi, I think, to uh, to get them by. What do you think of the bracket? When you look at this bracket, Southern Miss paired up. If they were to get by Rice, you turn around and, and you'd have to play play probably Louisiana Tech. I mean, that, that's a tough side of the bracket for the Eagles. No, well, there's no question about it. But they played themselves right into it. There's uh, you can't blame, you can't lose your last three series and then expect everything to set up nicely for you. Uh, in the tournament. Top five finishers uh, in the conference this year, Florida Atlantic in first place. Southern Miss finishes two full games behind FAU uh, here when it all all the dust settled. Louisiana Tech finished third. Western Kentucky finished fourth. That's a bit of a surprise. Old Dominion finished fifth. And then you had Marshall, Rice, San Antonio, UAB, Florida International, Charlotte, and Middle Tennessee. UAB, Luke, at the expense of USM, Went from last place uh, up to seventh place, uh, and uh, you know, so they 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 finished the year uh, very well, no question about that. Uh, and you could see it, you could see it in their bench Saturday afternoon. A lot of enthusiasm in the UAB bench. Let me let me tell you this: they thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, as we talked about uh, last week, there's just something about UAB that makes you nervous. And now you can see that my nervous. Uh, Twitching, so to speak, was for good reason, right? It looks like uh, Ron Polk enjoyed his time there. You know, he got escorted by a security guard 
out of it uh, several years ago. So, Ron Polk uh, enjoyed that. Eagles surely don't. It, just to recap the conference bracket, Southern Miss uh, will play Rice in Game 2 on Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. The first game, Game 1, is Marshall and Louisiana Tech at 9 a.m. Later in that afternoon, UTSA takes on Florida Atlantic at 4, and then Old Dominion takes on Western Kentucky at 7.30. If the Eagles were to beat Rice, they would turn around and play at 4 o'clock on Thursday. If the Eagles were to lose, they would turn around Thursday morning and play at 9 a.m. So uh, 12, uh, 12.30 on Wednesday, Golden Eagles taking on Rice. I saw this, Bob. This is really interesting. Southern Miss finishes uh, this year in football with Florida Atlantic. And, you know, Lane Kiffin's always tries to get him a decent quarterback. Former uh, Florida State quarterback DeAndre Francois, who was released in February uh, because of a uh, Instagram video that went up where he allegedly threatened his girlfriend, reinstated. He is going to walk on at Florida Atlantic. So now there is a Power yeah. 5 quarterback in Conference USA. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's just, not, not. The day keeps way. getting better. The day just keeps on getting better, Bob. It just the way it well, is. Well, I just can't envision a scenario where Southern Miss goes to the tournament and plays at 12:30 and then they're back on the field in a loser's bracket game the next morning at 9 o'clock. Those are ugly thoughts, Luke, and we're just going to try to block those out of our head. What do you say? We will be cheering for the Eagles Wednesday. You will hear us verbally cheering for the Eagles wherever we are at Shucker Park. And that's where we'll be Wednesday and Thursday. We hope you'll join us and come by and say hello. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, everybody. Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.